0: Koinonia, Christian Fellowship, Communion with God and with fellow Christians. Koinonia, an association of people who share common beliefs and activities. This is Koinonia. This is community.
1: I am Tom Brown, and your host today, Billy Thrall. Hey, Joe. Welcome back. This is another weekly edition of Koinonia. I am Billy Thrall. Currently with a thing called Movement Day Arizona, which we will talk about later. It is not about me. It's about the two people sitting in here with me. They're nodding their heads, or at least one of them is. Uh, Welcome back. Thanks, Tom, for letting me host again. Uh, We say this every show, but I want to start with it. Tom's heart is that we build community, Quintania. My heart and passion is, I think, it has never been more timely for some gospel. And that is good news. So the old rhetoric and whatever bad news and despair you might be feeling or hearing or wondering, I still remember who's on the throne. And I've read the end of the story, and I really like how it turns out. So it's okay to suffer, and it's okay to wonder and be confused. But big picture, good news. And I think the best news that I really hear about what God's really doing is in the lives of His people. So God's people doing good things is my favorite good news. So that's what this show is about, and I appreciate Tom giving me a little space to do that. Today, two friends who have name badges on in the studio. It's too bad we this isn't a television show because these are not name badge kind of people. <laughs> but is so excited about their new position. So we are gonna we're gonna talk about the agency they work for now. Uh, the collaboration that they are doing through their work and their personal stories, uh, the amazing way that I've known them both, well, one of them for a super long time, uh, God's going to orchestrated the journey to let them do what they do now. So welcome to Coinania, And so let me welcome two friends, Melissa Gere. Hello, Melissa.
2: Hello, Billy.
1: And Darnell Cooper. Hello, Hello Billy. And now they are with Catholic Charities. And I'm going to let them talk a little bit about that uh, in this segment, more in the next segment. You have heard Melissa on this show before, um, different contexts. We knew each other from Neighborhood Ministries and whatever else you were doing. We'll talk about that. And then Darnell, you've been on with me talking about Affordable Christmas and the ministry out of Roosevelt Church, now Catholic Charities, and I love it. I love it.
2: We're loving it too.
1: <laughs> Paul Mulligan is the, I guess the CEO? What's President. His title? President of Catholic Charities. Such a great godly man who's doing great work at that agency. And I love him even more because he's hiring my friends. So I'm like, sweet. I already thought Paul was great. Now my friends work there. So we've got just like a minute in this opening segment. Melissa, just a little bit your title, and then we'll drill into it after the break.
2: All right. So like you, I am excited about Catholic Charities and the work that they're doing in the community. I have so much enjoyed joining Paul and his whole team and Darnell and I being a part of that work. So I have joined them coming back from Chicago. I joined them as their director of volunteer services, overseeing social services in our housing communities and then community engagement, really growing their faith relationships as well in the non-Catholic world. So very exciting. It's a part of the Office of Philanthropy. And so you know me, I enjoy fundraising and resource raising. So that's kind of a, a picture of the work that I do.
1: We're going to talk more about all of that mouthful that she just spit out there in her <laughs> title. Darnell, what's your title and your role at Catholic Charities?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Melissa Make is easier. amazing, right? <laughs> uh, community Engagement Lead in Housing Services. So I oversee the housing services alongside Melissa, and it's good to just learn from her and my team at Catholic Charities.
1: We got to take a break. This is going to be super fun what God's doing in Catholic Charities and in the lives of my friends. This is Koinonia here on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day. Be back in a second. Rocking out. Melissa on air guitar. Side note, your husband's probably the best drummer I've ever met in my whole life.
2: He thanks you very much.
1: <laughs> yeah, I second that. <laughs> uh, wow, we'll get into stories in a little bit. And so, back here on Koinonia, Faith Talk 1360 KPXQ, I am Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. I probably should take a minute and explain what that is. Uh, it's not just a day. We are... Modeling something that's now happening, probably going to be in about 100 cities around the world in the next three years. What does it look like to convene the smartest people with the biggest hearts to work together as a church on the issues that matter to our communities? So we're calling it Movement Day. The day will be in September at GCU, but it is going to take all of the work of the friends of ours, including these two people here, and combine them into how is the church most effective to serve the underserved. So we're excited about that. That's what I'm. That's my new hat. I've had other hats, uh, but I'm really, really excited about our conversation today because with Melissa and and Darnell, uh, I love how how God puts us in unique spots. And like I said, going into the previous break, Paul Mulligan, who's the president of Catholic Charities, is hiring some of the smartest people with the biggest hearts that I know. And because of that, you know, people might think, well, I thought. You had to be Catholic to work at Catholic charities. You don't, because you don't have to believe anything if you don't want to. But the heartbeat of Paul is to find people passionate for God who care about our neighbors and our, in our communities. <clears throat> so he's expanding the team into some pretty sharp folks, including the two of you. So that's what we're, we're drilling in here a little bit. So Melissa, going into the break, we were kind of hurried so we can slow down. Uh, th- what are you doing? What do you do?
2: Well, I am so excited to, one, be back in Arizona, my home state. And just like you said, like I learned only recently that you don't have to be Catholic to work at Catholic Charities. <laughs> and just as a nonprofit professional, I have always admired them as a credible, um, just dependable, high-executing kind of nonprofit. And so I had been working alongside Steve Caporis, who's doing a lot of their work in affordable housing, And when I was doing that, learned you didn't have to be Catholic. So happened upon that they were hiring in their philanthropy team someone to oversee their volunteer services, community engagement, and housing services. So I just felt, without a shadow of a doubt, what a gift to come back from Chicago, back to the city and state I love, and to join a really high-caliber team to build relationships across our organization and communities to just serve the most vulnerable with permanent solutions. And so that's everything from um, engaging groups and individuals and in volunteerism. It's Darnell's really going to talk to you guys about our housing program that he's overseeing and just securing resources so that our staff can continue to do what they're doing well with our families. And we are an organization of 450 plus employees and we have about 4,000 volunteers every year. And so those are folks from Central Arizona, and all of the northern counties. So if you're listening to Faith Talk Radio, there's a good chance we have a program in your community that we hope we can invite you to participate with.
1: That's Melissa Gear. And how long has Catholic Charities been around? Do you guys even know?
2: Uh, 83 years they've been in Arizona. So a very trustworthy organization. Trust and
1: and independent of their faith background. I mean, even if we were just going to say, well, let's just take that off the board. One of the best agencies at serving the poor and the vulnerable of our state for 83 years. And even better, that it has its roots in this, this faith background. So uh, Darnell, a little bit, what your role. <laughs> you can laugh <laughs> if you want to. He's laughing at yeah. Melissa.
0: So um, my role, uh, I just want to thank God for putting me in this position first. But also I have the just the opportunity to do what I love doing, and that's serving people in the housing communities, like affordable housing. So, I mean, that's something that's been on my heart. Since I've been a kid, I come from affordable housing, and just to have that opportunity Mm -hmm. to be just that person that takes lead of the services that are being done there and the partnerships that we have to just uh, create. And Mm -hmm. I think that's like a good role for me because I am in that lead, and I can uh, determine, and I decide on who we're partnering with, which services we can bring in, and uh, I just want to do that through God's lenses. So. so
1: that's Darnell Cooper with Catholic Charities. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. This is Faith Talk 1360. Darnell, um, people might not know what affordable housing is. They they might go, oh, you know, what? why does that matter? And so some people might think, well, we, we just go we just go get a house. Like, what are you talking about? Does it mean that we go to the bank and get a loan? And so I, I'll prob it a little bit because I think I know a little, but you're probably more of an expert than me. Probably one of the most critical pieces of why people stay in cycles of poverty um, is jobs, but it's also the high cost of actually living. And it sounds like a no-brainer, but affordable housing becomes a critical piece to people getting their kind of lives, their feet underneath them in life. Am I, am I right? Yeah, absolutely. So, then, so how does it work? What is, how does Catholic Charities, what does it do to help people get affordable
0: housing? I think Melissa is better at answering that part.
2: No, he's de- he's deferring to me. He's actually a <laughs> genius. But um, with that, Billy, you know enough of my story to know that I lived in over 45 different kind of homes growing up. And even beyond uh, underemployment or difficulties in the workforce, housing in dis- instability really impacts also educational attainment. So at every facet of people's life, if you don't have stable housing Uh, it really can negatively impact you in so many ways. And that's across the lifespan, from the youngest of kids to senior citizens. And so we're fortunate that uh, the Foundation for Senior Living here in the Phoenix area really focuses on our seniors, where more specifically at Catholic Charities, we have a variety of ways of how affordable housing plays itself out. And that's everything from veterans to those who are formerly homeless. And then specifically, we are really growing our work in low-income housing tax credits because there's also a group of folks who are kind of like the the working person and they make 30 to 60 percent of area medium income, which that could be 30 to $60,000. But to raise a family, mm-hmm. if you're paying more than 30 percent of your income towards housing, it can really make other parts of your life difficult and so we want to be a part of that permanent solution we want to see families stabilize and through the work that darnell is really initiating for us and um, for wraparound services and he's going to talk about those kind of partnerships and program we're confident that with the community and with folks like those who are listening to faith talk radio we can partner towards permanent solutions and housing is a central component of that
1: I think you know all of us have been kind of doing this. What do we kind of call inner city work or care for the vulnerable work for a long, long time? The two of you actually grew out of that story. That's your story. I'm going to talk about that in the next section. But we kind of people want to want to help. We're on a faith talk radio station, so we're kind of assuming we have a God barometer in our lives, and we see the crisis in our cities, and we want to do something. We want to help, and we know it's probably not right to hand out the three dollars to the guy on the corner. And then we start asking, how did that person get there? Like, what's the story behind that? And so I love what you said, Melissa. So many times there is a story to that person, and it comes out of not being able to financially make it on what is kind of low-income wage right now. You can't afford to live. There isn't a place to live. So you go to three schools, you're in kindergarten, and seven schools, been first grade, and then you just quit going to school. And this whole job piece really ties into the housing piece, Darnell. As we kind of think about that, you you hinted at this before, but you came out of affordable housing. I did. What did that
0: mean for you? You I know you're from St. Louis, and uh, what was it like? It was uh, it was amazing. <laughs> I know it sounds crazy, but just um, the community, mm-hmm. and really just being—I was allowed to be myself you know and so i mean this job allows me to help families and children not be called like that one in a million Mm. that i was labeled as because i was able to escape Mm. like affordable housing so just just looking at it with that lens like how can we help families thrive and inspire them to um, live to their full potential and i know we have to through uh do that through relationships, but also through resources mm-hmm. so it's 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 about the living part, but it's also about the relational part and how do we put um quality people or uh well respected programs and but that also fit our residents mm-hmm. is a big thing for me because I know that it's not gonna be the same with every housing community we have. it might be different in Tempe than it is in glendale, but just figuring out the needs and um, what works best for the families. Nice.
2: And what I love about Darnell joining our team and that we love is his rich understanding that these are not just deficit communities. I think too often we can hear the most vulnerable and at risk and low income or affordable housing. And truly we believe out of our faith that we're made in the inherent image of God, that there's inherent value, worth, dignity, that we are these creative beings that God has created and that there's permanent solutions that even are available to us inside the residents' homes of these affordable housing communities. And so Darnell's richness that he offers is he's engaging the residents to be a part of these solutions by You know, what kind of services do you need? What kinds of assets, talents, networks do you have that you can contribute to this place? And so I think the more that we have and understand as kind of nonprofit workers or ministers or policymakers that we it's not a sustainable solution to only serve from a deficit kind of point of view, but when we actually can understand there's reciprocity, there's mutual benefit, when we respect the dignity of people and open opportunities just like Darnell said, he he doesn't like to be referred to as one in a million. He knows it's a million out of a million young people who have the opportunity to make a difference in this world. And we want to be a part of that.
1: That's Melissa Gear, and Darnell Cooper from Catholic Charities. Dear friends, lovers of Jesus who are really appreciate this platform God's given them to serve the vulnerable in this context. We got to take a break. When we come back from the break, I'm going to drill into your stories because I think right. it's a beautiful piece of where you're at. Yeah. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I am Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. Come back because these people have some pretty great stories. We'll be back in just a second. back. Sorry, we're giggling, but it's funny. Uh, I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona and two sweet friends, Melissa Gear and Darnell Cooper from Catholic Charities, are sitting here with me. And I'm going to do a little review because they've said a bunch and it's really beautiful. We're only giggling because we love each other and we like to tease Tom Brown about the music that he picks out. But this is actually really a serious work. And so one of the things that uh, I want to remind all our listeners is God is so big and his church is so big there is only one church. Mm-hmm. I tease people all the time I say how many churches do you think there are in Phoenix and they go 2000 Two thousand. I go nope same answer as how many churches there are in the United States it's the same answer as how many churches there are on the planet one there is only one church. And the more we act like it, according to Jesus's prayer in John 17, the more the world will see our saving grace. And so the Lord's saving grace. So I mention that because it is a huge piece to what God's doing in our state to partner with Catholic charities and to have folks that don't come from a Catholic background like us see them as such a partner in this church work, in this God work. So that's really fun. So that's one little summary review. Another little review is uh, Paul and his team and Tammy are hiring some really great people over there right now, and this whole drilling in to affordable housing and why it matters for communities of Phoenix, really important piece. Anybody listening and you're thinking, boy, our church should do something to serve, you know, you're going to bump into something every time, jobs, education, affordable housing. Those are going to be the things you're going to bump into, and I would recommend you contact Catholic Charities, contact Melissa or Darnell, and say, what can you teach us, our congregation, about the 83 years of work that your agency's been doing? These two people aren't that old combined. Uh, maybe. No, you don't even make it. Nope. I push this over the top, and, uh, but there's a lot to learn from godly, great people who've been at this work for a long time. Last summary statement. Darnell, when I had you in here last time, uh, I think I asked you you had no time to prep, and I said, "So, what do you love? Like, what do you love to do?" Because you were doing affordable Christmas and you were remodeling a house, and and I didn't know what you were going to say, and you said, "I love to love people," and I think that is you, and yeah. and I. So, what I heard in this previous segment when I was talking about your job is you can do your job well because you love people well you're not trying to do a template and bring it to a community. You're actually going to the community and listening to the people there, loving those people to see what they have to offer and also what they would like help with versus imposing on them something. How did you learn that? (laughs) No, really. Why is that so in you?
0: Um, I will say um, just from how I was raised, really. Just growing up in my community, that's what I witnessed. I watched my mom and grandma and just other community members love people. Like, no matter who you were, they took you in and they loved on you. But also, just reading the Bible, that's what Christ did. And so, just huh, to imagine <laughs> that's a nice idea. But just to see both of those models of like how what is real, authentic community real relationship what is that like and like how can I love people in a way that's not like really looking down on them or me putting me at a like a higher position but how can we walk alongside each other and live life together so Mm.
1: I think you've had good mentors I mean I think about Danae and Vermont Mm -hmm. same thing they kind of came alongside you versus shaming you or pushing you So I think that's awesome. That is Darnell Cooper with Catholic Charities. Melissa, I know a lot more about your story, uh, and you kind of say it really quickly, but um, and whatever you want to say about it right now, you have an amazing story that God has made you you. What, how, why do you think, and then I asked Darnell, well, he's got this love for people. So do you. you. You have this incredible education and wisdom and But there's this heartbeat in you. You're one of those smartest people I know with the biggest hearts. You're a little bit of your story. Kind of what, who made you, you? How'd you end up up here?
2: I think a lot like Darnell, that probably both of us, because we've had these conversations growing up as young people, low income from communities or backgrounds that a lot of folks can have a perception with a lot of, of labels. And I look back to one of the earliest memories I have, I was on a roadside in Cottonwood and we were standing, it was my mom and then a group of all the poor people, right? And we were standing at the back of a government commodity semi truck. And so back in the day, you know, you got your, you got your box and the haves are driving by on the street with their cars. And the have-nots, the poor, the needy, the deficit, were lined up behind this truck.
1: You were lined up behind. You and I was lined have-nots. up behind.
2: And I can remember—now, um, I didn't have the words for it back then, but I, could, I can remember the feeling when I realized there's something broken in this world. Because I know that every poor person in this line are innovative, have something to offer this world, that we are some pretty creative folks of how we can make food last or work in community to support one another— and because the haves were driving by and we're in this line, there's a brokenness in our world. And we're going to invest a lot more money and time in the wrong places because, like Darnell said, we're not investing in relationships and people. So growing up in Cottonwood, poor um, and living with innumerable people. My mom abandoned me at the age of 11 and she was unavailable and driving trucks and school buses. and Literally left you. Yep, it was my the, junior high. Uh, side of the road. Yeah, that that happened, um, and so of course there's deep grief. And thank God, I'm a fan of counseling and and uh, um, some healing through that. But it's certainly a huge part of what makes this work so important. And in Darnell and I, such an excited team to be doing what we're doing because. In many ways, it's the sense of humor of God. When we come to this radio station today, we're coming up and we're thinking, we're laughing. How, how did we end up with these little name badges? How do we end up being on a radio show? We're just these kids who grew up and we were the, the have-nots, you know. We were the deficit kids. And yet God put in our hearts early on that we were called to make a difference and that he was going to work everything according to his goodwill. Um, so that's just knowing that God is a father to the fatherless for me. His What has compelled me to want to, and I think what Darnell is saying and what we kind of laugh about, but I'm no theologian, but my theology, the best place is, is love God, love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. And so if it can boil down to that, then I want to get on board.
1: Thank you. It's awesome. And I love when Jesus said that one time. They said, well, well who's my neighbor? And we forget that's the context that the Good Samaritan story is played in that sometimes our neighbor's literally the neighbor, but other times it's that person over there who has the wrong religion, the wrong story, the wrong side of the tracks. That's the hero. And that's where that's the context that Jesus does the Good Samaritan story out of. That's uh Melissa Gear and Darnell Cooper from Catholic Charities. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day. And this is Quinn on Faith Talk 1360. One of the Things that I think about. Thank you both, by the way, for sharing and being real about your stories. Uh, but I also just one more question. If you were to think back to that season in your life, uh, how would you coach someone who's listening right now? What was the best thing people did for you? What was the best things that were said to you? What, was there a mentor? Was there a teacher? Was there a leader? Was there a coach? What was that person doing well versus all the other shaming messages in your life, but somebody was in your life doing it right, even even when were a child. what were they doing so that if we're if we're listening right now and you want to help people boy this this is what I needed, and this is what they did Darno, how would you answer that
0: uh I will say that that person for me was my mom. she just really worked hard and she just uh had that I will never give up attitude, and just to see that, and she had six kids single and worked every day, went to school, got her bachelor's um and really just inspired us and pushed us to just think about more how can like how can you be just effective in in this world and just doing that with just Hustling and good spirit, so I would say my mom was my mentor. She was just an amazing person in my life. I didn't, I took it for granted as a kid, but as I look back mm-hmm. now, um, I will say that she's a big part of the reason why I am able to love people the way that yeah. that I do. So, how about you, Melissa? What were the?
2: I think growing up, it would be like a collection of community. Yep. So teachers who challenged me to be a good student and engaged coaches who would figure out how to get me running shoes because I didn't have somebody to buy them hall monitors who would give me their daughter's prom dress so that I could go dressed appropriately friends. I mean, I can't express from the time I was young until today. And I call them my sacred sisters. I mean, friends are living honestly with people, uh, one family and specifically always from my childhood, the Kubrachs, you know, they, I think as a family, um, what people of faith have the opportunity or not of faith have the opportunity to do is love and love again and again so no matter how we kind of show up in my case on the doorstep that was really frightening as a kid to not know if that door would be open for me every time i'd get dropped off again and to know that no matter how i showed up there was a place for me to go and belong makes a big difference so
1: beautiful i hope if you're listening you kind of could be that person for somebody you know and and I'm thinking about our friend April Lamb, and uh, she's from a neighborhood ministry context. That for us, Melissa, and I remember when she was a high school kid, she was homeless. She and her sister lived on the streets of Mill Avenue in Tempe, and she tells the story openly. So I'll share it. That she said she was woke up one morning on the streets of Tempe with her sister as a teenager, and was like, "I am not a throwaway kid.
2: Yeah, and she's I'm
1: not." And so she started going to her high school, went to everybody in her class and said, can I live with your family? Can I live with your family? Till she found a family that let her live there, changed her life. Now she's married, she's a nurse, she's got two kids, doing great. But it's those other people in, the, in, in our life that take God seriously mm-hmm. by taking in the other into our world. Okay. we got to take a break. This is Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. Super fun to be with Melissa Gere and Darnell Cooper of Catholic Charities. I am Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. When we come back we got another segment here we're going to drill a little bit into how people can engage in what you guys are doing and partner with Catholic charities and some of that work. So we got to take a break and we'll be back in just a minute. We're back. This is and on Faith Talk 1360. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona with my friend Melissa Gear and my friend Darnell Cooper. I've known Darnell about a year, I think. Melissa? 20?
2: Yep. It's going on 20 this year.
1: Wow. That's pretty great. Love your hubby and your kiddos with Me you. Too. So this is fun. Uh, they currently have this really fun new jobs and they're super smart and they're involved in Catholic Charities work among the most vulnerable of it's kind of central and northern Arizona and we appreciate Paul Mulligan the the boss the president of Catholic Charities just a great godly man who's thinking about others all the time lives his faith in the real deal way but you might be listening and think wow well this is pretty something and I go yeah she is Darnell's pretty something. Yeah, yeah, he is, actually. And then you might think, well, how do I get some of what they know? How do I help Catholic Charities or learn from Catholic Charities or, you know, you guys have been around 83 years as an entity, but how do people find you, help you serve in the work you're doing that's so critical right now for people in our state? So either one of you, how do, they, how do people find you?
2: Well, so just in case folks are just tuning in I, and being with Catholic Charities, Darnell and I both want to... Confirm you do not have to be Catholic (laughs) to be involved in Catholic charities. Um, Everyone is invited to be a part of permanent solutions for the most vulnerable. And so you can get involved with us by visiting Catholiccharitiesaz.org. You go in there and you're going to learn about our 23 programs that are throughout seven counties in Arizona, primarily in central and northern Arizona. We have everything from counseling to foster care Housing, uh, veteran services, uh, youth, North Star Youth Partnership, parents as teachers. We have West Side Head Start. So there are so many ways that folks can get involved with us as individuals, um, as groups, whether you're from a business, a church, a family. Reach out to us when you get on CatholicCharitiesAZ.org you'll be able to see a thing that says volunteer careers. We are looking for awesome people to join our team. Go look at those vacancies, join us. Um, And then in the volunteers, you can go and you look online and we have volunteer posts. And so we really work, Darnell and I and our team work to really support our volunteers to be trained and successful. And truly, it's our staff who work with our volunteers to make sure that they have a wonderful experience and collectively our staff, we are so grateful for them on the ground every single day and the volunteers who partner with them. It is what allows for us to serve the thousands and thousands that we do every year.
1: Darnold, what's your kind of contact information? Melissa, I'll have you do the same thing. How do people, how do people find you?
0: Uh, um, Catholic CatholicCharitiesAZ.org, but also uh, my email. And What's your email? My email is dcooper at cc-az.org. How about you, Melissa? How do people find you?
2: And so it's the first initial and our last name, and so it's M-G-E-E-R at cc-az.org.
1: So I hope if you're listening and you're thinking, well, I didn't even know that Catholic Charities was doing 23 programs for 83 years. Go check it out online, and then if this show has been interesting to you and you're like, boy, I actually want to connect with those people, you can email them directly or you can email this station. We have their their information here. It would be really helpful, and useful. So this is Coinonia. This is Faith Talk 1360. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. And I want to say this heading into this, this last piece. Uh, lots of times we are so busy, we are so overwhelmed in our own lives, that it it takes everything we have to do one little new thing. We can't take one more thing on. One more person Your kids, Melissa, come home with a new friend, and suddenly that new friend's in your life, and you didn't think you had space for any more friends. Or Darnell, same thing. You bump into somebody, and now they're in your life. And so it feels like we're overwhelmed, and there's too much. One of the things that I want to say that's really important for us, especially maybe non-Catholics, is we need to partner. We need each other. We, we need to get out of our silos. We need to get out of our church silos. We need to get out of our neighborhood silos. Because we think overwhelmed—I actually think it comes from being in a silo. I think you feel overwhelmed because you try to build the walls around your current situation. If you knock those over a little bit and get to know the other entities that are out there serving the people you want to serve, that common grace theology of God's out there doing his thing, we won't feel so alone in our work. So I think I just want to say it's really important if you're listening to go, you know what? It, it's challenging, challenging to do something new. But our communities need us. So, Melissa, I want you to talk about this we, in these last few minutes of this last segment here. You, you had an amazing story. You get married. You have kids. And then you go away. What were you doing in Chicago? Because I think it's really helpful to understand the, the resource that you offer now.
2: Um, Well, sometimes I just refer to it as a season of God's sense of humor. Um, But other than that, I had the opportunity to go on a scholarship to study at the University of Illinois, Chicago, and pursue my Ph.D. in urban planning and policy. And I was focusing on community development. And specifically, I'm looking at comprehensive Christian community development in low-income communities. So really to build on what— How awesome is that? And how long is that? But other than that, it really is that notion of what you're saying. It's comprehensive Christian community development. And because my heart is drawn to low-income communities, then I want to understand what is the role of the church? Just like you said, it's one church. It's not—when I looked at these models and I'm looking at them— It's the strongest models tend to be the ones who partner. It tends to be the ones who see the assets in their own community and activate those and invite and create opportunities. And so, going there to study, though, I have to admit, Billy, that as an Arizona native, to go and live in North Lawndale for a limited five years, my life has forever been transformed because just like Darnell was saying, growing up in housing in St. Louis. The community is rich with aunties and kids and shared kind of resources. And and the devastating part to me is when the church has been absent in that and policies and funding have disinvested there because you have the next generation who a million out of a million should be flourishing because they have the potential. So going there, not only was it book study stuff, but it was transformation through relationships that were on my block and on those blocks the real devastation of disinvestment and um, silence and apathy is evident there's there is high violence and in, in in certain things that really have harmed communities and so I feel grateful that I see a world that is more complex than I knew before I went there, and it is also more beautiful and so I think coming back, um, it just gives me a greater understanding that an organization like Catholic Charities that has this full menu of 23 programs. And we're talking, the programs are so complex and the people leading them are so gifted and experts in what they do. It's a privilege to know that Westside Head Start is one of the best Head Start programs. I'm a Head Start graduate, by the way. And, um, and for, as a Head Start graduate, to know I'm going to finish my dissertation. thats It's unbelievable. It wasn't the, the course... That was statistically projected for me. But I think from Head Start to all those community folks in between to my faith has landed me where I am. And, yeah, even in the difficulties of life, I want to be committed to contributing.
1: It's Melissa Gere with Catholic Charities. And Darnell, I'm going to ask you this question based on what Melissa just said. So much rich stuff there, Melissa. Um, It seems to me that in the history of the last 2,000 years— where the church has invested, great beauty has come. Not every time, but more times than not. And when the church has fled, then that vacuum gets filled by bad things or harmful things. But it is really hard for the church to go back in. You know. So if the church was in a space, we think of some urban cores of our cities around actually the, the world that were full of, churches and schools and families, and then they fled out for fear of something. And it's really hard to go back in. But talk a little bit, because I know you think about cities and you think about the role of the church. What is the role of the church in going back into these communities? How does the church go back in?
0: I mean, the church um, explaining the Bible is we are supposed to be the hope and the peace for the community. But if you look at Christ, like his life, he comes from what people would consider a Chicago or a St. Louis. You know, uh, he, he came from Nazareth, where that was seen as, like, the dirty, poor. And I think it even described Nazareth as um, the place where um, nobodies came from, right? Maybe I'm saying it wrong, but I'll, I can give you a real description. But, but yeah, just taking that in, like, yes, we have uh, lost our spots, and it's hard to go back. But, like, I come from it, and so it's different, just me. It's kind of like how Jesus was. That's where he came from. Mm -hmm. So he's able to go back. He's able to talk, and he's able to just speak real and do it in a loving way. So I would say that the church, uh, we need to quit seeing people as, like, projects Mm -hmm. and just really live life with people because that's what Christ did. That, That was his model. That's how if you look at it, him and the disciples, that was church. Like they walked together, they lived together. Um, Christ called them out. He pushed them. He inspired them. Like th- those guys were, <laughs> they they weren't Christians before. He like chose, like one guy was fishing and he just was like, hey, you're a disciple now. So just learning and and just growing from that and just treating people the way that Christ re- uh, uh, looked at people and also uh, challenged people. So.
2: And I think I want to add to your question, Darnell's response. I, it's not even the church just returning because there's a whole bunch of the church that remained. So I know for mm-hmm. me, when I'm living in North Lawndale, Miss Moody, Miss Shirley, Miss Lois, they are watching out the front windows to make sure all the kids who are living in community, riding bikes, jumping rope, are making good choices they're praying they have their little angels up in the window and i know i could walk by on a hard day after school or parenting or whatever and man i thank god that miss lois is there praying so it's also the church if we're thinking of those that aren't in the inner city man the church is there all of us let's learn from each other Mm -hmm. all of us
0: see melissa's amazing right she is darnell is
2: amazing (laughs) and billy's amazing
1: (laughs) All right, got to take an amazing break. Uh, but this has been Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. We do have to take a break. We'll come back with the last segment. Melissa Gear, Darnell Cooper Catholic Charities, good friends. Thank you guys for being here. I'm Billy Thrall with Movement Day Arizona. And when we come back, a little closing thought. Hope you've been blessed so far. Thank you guys for being here. And we'll be back in just a minute. This has been a blast. I hope uh, those of you listening have enjoyed it as much as I have. My 20-year friend, Melissa Gere, and my new best buddy, Darnell Cooper, thank you guys for being here. They, their role with Catholic Charities is so important. We're so glad that you guys are loving Jesus and using that as the platform to serve our communities. Uh, Melissa, you mentioned something at the break and wanted to say it sort of as our closing, and then I'll close our time off. But you were reminded of something when we are talking about how we serve well.
2: Yeah, I think it was maybe 15 years ago and you had done a video with Neighborhood Ministries and you'd said something that was basically the poor have nothing in between them and God. I mean, and yes, they do. We're all sinners. But there is something beautiful about low-income communities and the most vulnerable that our dependency breath by breath, moment by moment, has to lean into God. And so I think there is something beautiful that God says, you know, that the The poor are something that draws you closer to the heart of God. Mm -hmm.
1: So what I would say on that, because I think that is what I said 15 years ago, but I would say it this way now, too. When we're broken, when we're hurting, when we're grieving, when we're a mess, uh, we can't hide. We can't play church. We can't play religion. We almost don't want to go to church because we don't have the energy to play anything. Mm -hmm. But that puts us in such a great place to be with the Lord because he fully accepts us right in that condition. He loves us in that condition, and he doesn't need us to play a game to know his grace and mercy in our life. So that's what, when you're around people who aren't playing life, they're just doing life. They're not putting up some big thing. It's almost refreshing. So thank you all for listening. This has been Koinonia on Faith Talk 1360. I hope you have been blessed. It's always one of our prayers is, God uses this show to bless you as you listen. Thank you, Melissa and Darnell, the work you're doing at Catholic Charities. Thankful for how big God's work is in our state. He's using amazing people, and your stories are part of that. And if you're listening and you're like, wow, I want some of that. Well, what some of that is is Jesus. The three of us have been gracefully touched by the work of Christ in our life, and we still are every day. And we hope that kind of oozes out of us as we learn to love each other in our community. God bless you. We'll be back next week with another Koinonia and hope that you've been ministered to, as we have too. Bye.